everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but Foodie married Beast anyway, and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast, and I'm afraid being cheap is not going to help me today. Considering. No, not at all. So normally we're talking food and wine and all of that, but a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is holiday gifting. This is our annual holiday gift-giving show. Uh, we love it every year, and i got to say, let's start off with a hello to our friend Chris Houck, who is the wine expert of wine experts, and he's brought in bubbly and wines and all of that. Not just any bubbly. He's brought in, like, really good bubbles. Why don't you pop something so we can hear the pop? Right, and and get the party started. Just a little rune art to get your morning going. So, uh, Friday night, we were at uh, Centralina in City Center, D.C. for dinner after the Fritz and the Tantrum uh, Hilton Honors concert. Fritz. Fritz. Well, fritz in the tantrum. Too drunk to you totally know, your fritz, fritz your whatever. Well, wait, it, start. We were at the Conrad first, and we were there because they were doing a huge Hilton Honors uh, experience, uh, which we got to be a part of. So they rolled out this uh, real big party, and then they had Fitz and the Tantrums play, and it was a ton of fun. We had such a good time, and then we sort of snuck out because there was a big party afterwards. But we really wanted to hit up um, Amy Brandwine's restaurant, Centralina, and had. Um, she wanted a date just with yeah, me. Yeah, that's also true. Um, and had a delicious, delicious evening. All right. So as long as we're, we were down, I mean, it's perfect timing. We were down mm-hmm. at City Center D.C. And we're going to be talking a lot about gift giving and City Center D.C. today. Timothy Lowry's in. He is the man at City Center D.C. He's the general manager. And uh, he's got all kinds of information about not just holiday gift giving, but they've got some really cool special events down there, too. Also joining us from City Center, D.C., are Joshua Trusty. He's the store director of at Carolina Herrera, and uh, he's brought in all kinds of suggestions for what to wear and gift ideas. And, and what to buy, and what to buy, and, yeah, and what to buy. I seriously should have left my cards at home. Yes. And Felix Johnson, who's the uh, store manager at Alexis Batar, is in. Are you wearing your earrings? I am. I'm wearing my earrings. Here my... we go again. I know how to show. So we're going to be talking to Felix. And also, uh, there's a great event that happens downtown every year. Uh, D.C. Brow and Think Local First are partnering on the 7th Annual D.C. Brow Holiday Market on Small Business Saturday. That's November the 30th. Uh, uh, D.C. Brow's Mary Rodell is in with Mel Afzel. Am I saying it right, Mel? I did it. Uh, she's the co-founder of Krampusnacht DT, uh, D.C. I'm and not even going to try to say that. Is, I am never going to be able to pronounce that. I can say Volenzi Anna Huntaschen. I know you too. can. Mm-hmm. I know. I've Anyways, we're going to be hearing about Krampus and the holiday market and all of that. And then Chris is here as well. And we're going to be, let's do a quick toast. Okay. Okay. So cheers, everybody. Those who have. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Let's kick it off right. So before we get going on the show here, let's talk to Mitch Berliner, who's out at Central Farm Markets. It's cold out, but the markets are red hot with produce. But you got to support those farmers. That's right. What do you got out there, Mitch? Well, it was cold this morning, but it's not now. It's close to 60 degrees. Beautiful. The sun is shining. So come on out and do support the farmers. That sounds like fake news. So, uh, I just want to say. No, 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 no. It's, it's for real. I'm standing out here. I already took my coat off. Oh. But first, the most important thing is, the most important thing is to shout out to our veterans. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
freedom ain't free, and if it wasn't for the vets, we wouldn't be living the life true, we true. are. So true a big shout-out to them. Mm-hmm. My father landed in Normandy. My grandfather was a World War I vet, and millions and millions of others. Little known fact, Max Nellis, Max Nellis was deployed to Afghanistan a number of years ago, so we join you in that. There you yes, go. Absolutely. So, so tell, us, to them. tell us what's yeah, happening so at the markets market. today. Well, we're just loaded here with the normal goodies. We still have heirloom tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and all that kind of stuff due to greenhouses. And we now have our first persimmons of the year. Um, Can we talk and, about persimmons? Because uh, I don't think a lot of people sure. know what to do with them. What is a good recommendation of what to do with them? They're, well, they're sort of difficult if you don't know what you're doing. Well, I like, uh, well, there's two things you can do with the persimmons. You can, you know, eat them hard, the variety that's generally sold. You can eat them without them being soft. Mm-hmm. And they're great in salads. You can even turn them into chips in your oven hmm. but by drying them out. They're really good like that. Um, again, I like uh, putting them, you know, in my salad. It, I always like to put a fruit in my salad. Asian pears, we've got plenty of the varieties of those and different kinds of pears. I, I love that with some cheese Man, I in love my Asian salad. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the other thing, you can wait till they're really mushy and ripe, super sweet, and you can make breads out of them. And my favorite personal thing is persimmon pudding which is actually steamed, and it's an English tradition. And uh, Like a, like a toffee-sticky pudding fabulous. kind of thing? Yes, mm. and it's steamed, and you just incorporate the very soft pulp of the persimmon. So that's great. And I did want to start talking about our gift baskets. Yes, um, perfect timing. We have, yep, we have a vet, by the way, who served in Afghanistan and Iraq here, who makes the most beautiful bowls. I think you've probably seen them when you've come to the market. And um, what's special, besides being beautiful and being made by a vet, is he gets down trees from historic properties like Mount Vernon when the trees are, need to be taken down or they fall down. So some of the bowls are from trees that are 200 years old from George Washington's property. That's pretty cool. All right, Mitch, we're going to have to move on. Will you please tell everybody, remind everybody where the markets are? I will do that. I will indeed. We are open year-round at Nova Central Farm Market on the parking lot of the George C. Marshall High School every Sunday, 9 to 1. And we are at the Bethesda Elementary School. And we are here from 9 to 1.30, in downtown Bethesda. So come and see us, and thank you, and learn more at centralfarmmarkets.com. Great. Thanks, Mitch. Have a good one. You got it, guys. All right, Chris. Belly up to the microphone here. What have you poured us? This is delicious. Probably one of my favorite champagnes for everyday and special occasion drinking. This is Ruinard Blanc de Blanc. Now tell us a little bit about it, because Ruinard has a very special name in the champagne world. Let's hear why. Absolutely. Ruinart was the first official house in Champagne in 1729 to ever make Champagne sparkling as we know it. I think I helped build purpose. the house, actually. Mm-hmm. Was, What's that? I, I think I was there helping to <laughs> build it. Uh, the founder was also in the banking and textile industry, and he started sending out bottles of his Champagne to his best customers. And as it turns out, he was much better at making Champagne than he was at making textiles. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> the champagne business took off, and what we have in the glass today is Renard's Blanc de Blanc. That simply means white of whites. Mm-hmm. There are seven official grapes in Champagne, three of which are commonly used, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Meunier, and Chardonnay being one of the white grapes of Champagne. This is all Chardonnay. Well, given that holiday season is almost upon us, not only does Champagne make a great gift, but it's also perfect to put on the table. But I think sometimes people are a little intimidated to put champagne with, let's say, a Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I think people think of think of champagne as just a starter and not something that you can put necessarily in the middle of with the meal. With the meal. Champagne is, uh, honestly, if you ask pretty much almost any sommelier, anybody that really, really knows the restaurant and wine world, champagne is the perfect accompaniment for almost every single course and any single food. You're looking at pairings with anything fried, french fries, fried chicken, pizza, burgers, Mexican food, Literally Champagne anything. It's just good. You, it's yeah. It's, it goes. It goes li- with literally almost everything. You've so. got a receptive audience in her. Yes. That's right. She yeah, the smiles when I showed up this morning with Champagne. Right. We're That's we're kind of on the on the big right. side. All right. Thanks. Well, we'll get back to you in a couple of minutes. Uh, I want to remind everybody we're on Instagram. You can watch the show there at, at Nikki Nellis N Y C C I. We're on a little bit of everything today. We're sort of playing around. We're going to do a little Facebook Live. We're going to do a little Insta Story. We're going to do a little IGTV. So we're just going to just trying to see if anybody's awake out there. Figure it out. Very good. All right, so Timothy Lowry. Hi. You are the general manager of a uh, an upscale marketing behemoth. Mm-hmm. Mixed-use property. You've got a hotel. You've got fabulous condos. You've got an unbelievable mix of retail. Why don't you give us the 411 on City Center DC for everybody? Well, first, David and Nikki, thank you so much for having me here and some of our retail represented here today. We're, we're delighted You're to be here. You're a well-dressed retail representative. Yes, Look at these exactly. guys. Well, as it should be, right? Right. Well, as I said to be. them when they came in, I said, man, it's radio, man. That's but okay. We, they look good. <laughs> you could take a page from their books. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's our first fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so City Center DC, you know, it, it's an amazing place. Mm-hmm. It's a place where every day we're very focused on experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the predominant things that we focus on is how can we make uh, the experience of dining, the experience of shopping, the experience of going to the hotel, the experience of going to an event, the experience of just coming to downtown D.C. How can we make that experience elevated and something that makes people want to come downtown or come to City Center? Well, let's back up a little bit because City Center sort of came out of the ground of where the old convention center was. So for a very long time in the middle of the city, like as Penn Quarter began to blow up and then these other areas like, you know, Shaw and Bloomingdale and Detroit, like there were all these areas, Navy Yard, et cetera, that were starting to to gain traction and people were opening up restaurants and, and a little bit of retail, maybe 14th Street. And the city center had a very, uh, city center DC, sorry, had a very specific idea in mind, especially when it was taking over, what is it, like, a four block. It's a four block. It's 10 acres. Okay. So, I mean, it's a tremendous piece of property. It's where the old convention center was. What was the initial idea behind it? How did it sort of spread up from the ground? Well, as you mentioned, Nikki, back in the late 90s, the uh, convention center in downtown D.C. had become obsolete. Mm-hmm. So the city began searching for a new location. It wound up being a couple blocks north mm-hmm. of where it was back in the day. And that left a very large pad of property uh, in a central business district in, in the nation's capital. It was mm-hmm. 10 acres, four mega blocks. I mean, and it was just 
It was a parking lot. It was a parking lot for a long time. Think about that. I remember, you know, I remember when we first started building, we'd get calls from people upset because they used to catch the bolt bus there. Yep. Or whatever, you know. And so suddenly, suddenly, you know, it's walled up. How dare you keep me from the bolt bus? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so obviously it has, that was not the highest and best use, obviously, Mm -hmm. for the space. Mm -hmm. So the city actually went out early on in the the early 2000s with an RFQ and followed by an RFP Mm -hmm. for a developer, a real estate commercial developer to build their vision of a street activated mixed use development. Mm-hmm. Our company, Heinz, which is the company that built City Center, the company that I work for out of Houston, Texas, obviously we responded, we won the bid, and at the end of the day you now have uh, a large two large office buildings. 458 rental apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. We have 216 luxury condominiums. We have about, ultimately, we'll have about 300,000 square feet of luxury retail. We have a brand new 360 room Conrad Hilton Hotel mm-hmm. and two acres of common area that we program annually with all these special events. But I want to jump in because what, you know, I was involved in upscale retailing in D.C. in the early 90s and all that. And then it went away. And you, you did have, you, you not only had a hole there, you know, an empty pad where the convention center was, you really had Woody's was gone, Hex was gone, Garfinkel's was gone, yes. things. And a lot of the smaller retailers left. What research did you have that showed that there was an opportunity for something that's, the you know, the top of the pyramid in, in every respect? Well, I think just like the, the cyclical movement in real estate as it relates to all major markets, you know, we were very much aware that there was a cycle coming where people would move back downtown and that people would become uh, more acclimated to living in that area. So that was part of the demographic that we looked at, knowing that there would be people down there looking for a certain type of retail. Okay, I'm going to cut you off because we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to get into the holidays at City Center DC. And there are beautiful clothes and jewels in studio. And we're going to talk about all of that. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Timothy Lowry, who is the general manager, the capo di tutti capi (laughs) at City Center DC. Um, You know, what's interesting, you know, there are 27 million or so people that come and visit the city every year. And, uh, you know, some of them are just here to see the museums and the monuments and all that. But a lot were missing. I don't know who those people are. There's so much more to do here in the city than just museums. That's true. But there wasn't great shopping for a long time downtown. That's absolutely and that's true. another another gap that's filled now in a huge way. I mean, let's talk about some of the stores you have down there. Or well, why, or the why, really, why you went the route you did when you filled those stores. Well, just as you mentioned, David, you know, part of the dilemma in downtown D.C. is for a certain demographic of people who are coming in to visit D.C., tourist, whatever. Maybe their husband is attending a, a medical convention at the convention center, whatever it is. Or their spouse or, or a wife. Or their spouse or whatever. Uh-oh. You know, they're, they're you really, almost bought it right there. <laughs> there really was no high street retail in Washington, D.C. And I've been saying for a long time, since before City Center even came out of the ground, that Washington, D.C. deserved it's high street retail. It deserved mm-hmm. that because the hotels would have to put someone in a in a, in a town car and send them to Tyson's mm-hmm. or send them to Not Chevy Chase. Not that there's Chase. anything wrong with nothing it. Nothing wrong with Tyson's, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with Chevy Chase. There was just a lack of proximity. Yes. And so when we were doing our research, not only the demographics that would return to live in D.C., but the demographics that would visit D.C., we, we quickly realized that there was an appetite and, you know, a, a, a market there for for high-end retail. So, but City Center DC, to me, was one of the first real estate concepts 
in a city to do sort of a, a city center, right? So you would go out to the suburbs and have these, you know, like a town pike centers. and rose, these town centers. Mm-hmm. And the way city center DC is sort of structured is in a town center you know, kind of way. It is. Do you know what I mean? Was that the plan when you guys were doing it? It was. We built it in a manner in which, you know, it's the, all the buildings are not all alike. Mm-mm. They're all unique. So it feels like you're in the city, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't all look alike. Uh, we structured the buildings that when you're walking down the middle of the project, which is called Palmer Alley, mm-hmm. they, the, the buildings are set back and tiered in a way that aren't these looming boxes that you have on other streets in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. So there was a lot of thought. We built a plaza. We built a park. There's a lot of thought that was the given. Fountains the, the, the fountains and all the huge and graphics. And all those things that go yeah. on. Uh, there's a video wall that you're referring yeah. to that we call the gateway. It's all of those things that make being in that geographic area unique and special and conducive. But you also did something that was really cool, and that was you took a chance on some, I mean, there's some some stores there that are, that are you know, global brands, mm-hmm. you know, high Top of the mountain, Amy Brandwine opens up Centralina there. That was her first restaurant, and you took a you know a flyer on her, and of course she has hit the ball way over the fence. Way over the fence. And I, you know, th- th- of all the things, you know, um, uh, what is it, um, Great Republic? The Great Republic. You know, uh, I think there are. Well, you're Del You have a real mix of local That's and it. national and international. I mean, That's don't you it. think you have to do that? I think you do. And to be honest with you, when we were first planning the project, I think a lot of the plans, you know, we thought there would be, you know, a lot of local mm-hmm. representation. But as it evolved, a lot of the luxury brands wound up coming to City Center. And there's some really wonderful stories that we could talk about at some time when we have time about some of these CEOs that came and their ideas of what it was going to become, mm-hmm. uh, including Hermes, which was kind of the trendsetter for City Center DC. But we also wanted a mix of local, and that's where you get Amy Brandwine, Centralina, and Piccolina. I feel like Hermes should be in here, too, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to have them. I'm so glad they're not here. <laughs> Um, Well, so let's talk about the programming, because what I think is really interesting about new sort of real estate in general, whether it's a condo building or city center D.C. or other large real estate entities, is that there is programming. It's not a build it and they will come mentality. It's a build it and we will entertain you. So let's talk about what you guys have coming up. Well, the the thing that you're really talking about is there's a shift to what I call an experience economy mm-hmm. versus just a pure consumption economy. People are spending money and they're looking for experiences. So that's something from the very beginning. Uh, when we were planning City Center, we built an infrastructure, stage lights on the top of our buildings, focusing down on the plaza. We built in uh, all kinds of different interfaces that we would need to do these moments. Well, even the, um, you know, the seasonal sort of, you know, whether it's the beach balls yes. or the leaves yes. or whatever you have. Or like making the- it snow. We, we recently did make it snow. You know, the truth of the matter is we wanted to partner with the Cherry Blossom Festival. Mm-hmm. And the first year that we did anything over Palmer Alley, we had our own engineers put up on lifts these Cherry Blossom lanterns, mm-hmm. these pink lanterns, and it went viral. Yes. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people took a photograph there. And so that let us know very quickly that there was that appetite for that. So we now do well, four seasonal installations a year. As an Instagrammable moment. Yes. You know, in this current That's culture. It. That's what people want. It's gold. They want to, you know, 
what's the point of being there if you can't take a picture and show That's, everybody? It, it that didn't you're happen there. if it didn't happen on Instagram. <laughs> it didn't right? Happen. Exactly. <laughs> so, what's some of the programming you have coming up for the holidays? Because I know you do a huge tree lighting celebration every year after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, so we love the holidays at City Center DC, and we love dazzling people with all the different things that we do. So, the the big kickoff for us. Uh, for the holidays is November 30th. Mm-hmm. That's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And it'll be our sixth annual holiday uh, tree lighting celebration. Wow. And so we're excited about that. We have a beautiful uh, 75-foot tree, one of the tallest trees in the city, 150,000 lights, 4,500 uh, 4, ornaments. We unyang the anchor from NBC4. We know will be there. And uh, we have uh, DC's very own three-time nominated and two-time Grammy Award winning choir. The Washington Chorus will be singing holiday songs, and it's mm-hmm. just going to be an amazing moment. We had about 5,000 people there. Uh, and we, last year, last the weather was, was bad. Last year, the weather was not it, it, it good. It rained cats and dogs <laughs> yes. literally last year, so it was not the best, but the year before, we had about 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. So we're believing for an amazingly beautiful night mm-hmm. on December 30th to light the tree at City I'll Center. I'll guarantee it for and you. And then please, can we talk please. about, um, but, you, but like all the stores are participating that evening. How, like are people... We, what happens? We in invite all the stores to have their own activations, whether it's, you know, it's some champagne, as we're talking about mm-hmm. today, you know, before the tree lighting or after the tree lighting or having a special moment or some of the uh, restaurants are having their own special menu. So everybody kind of Gets collaborates together. I just want to talk about two things before we move on. Uh, we have an ice maze. Nikki, we are bringing in 110 thousand pounds of ice mm-hmm. and we're building Washington DC's We have that in the freezer in our back <laughs> well, room. Good. We may, may need to borrow some. Mm. We're building DC's largest and first ever ice maze wow. at City Center DC. So these walls are seven feet tall. How long does it last? It'll last just a weekend. Okay. The, the, we built an igloo a few years ago. I remember. And 7,000 people lined up to see that igloo. I remember. But the weather was not conducive. That's the reason. It was there like really warm. There's right? no. That's There's a reason why there aren't igloos in Washington DC, <laughs> right? So we we are going to build this. It is going to live in the park at City Center. It'll open on December 13th mm-hmm. from 4 to 9, and it'll also be open December 14th and 15th from 10 to 9. Come out and experience the first ice maze in it. Washington history. So much fun. And then lastly, it'll find... Be- Amazing. Oh, amazing. Exactly. And find your joy. That's your sort of hashtag for the season. It is the hashtag for the season. We have a brand new consumer marketing campaign Mm -hmm. called Find Your Joy. Mm -hmm. You'll see a lot of images in Vogue and Vanity Fair and the local magazines. But we're also running a a contest at City Center. So come to City Center, take a photograph, put it on Instagram, Mm -hmm. use the hashtag Find Your Joy DC, follow City Center DC on Instagram, and someone's going to win $500 for the best photograph of the season using Find your joy. All right, well, get right, I'm going to help Nikki find her joy right now. Yes. Please with do. Joshua Trusty and Felix Johnson. So, Joshua is the store director at Carolina Herrera. Uh, Felix is the store manager at Alexis Bitar. Uh, so, I, let's start with Felix. So, Felix, I love, I'm wearing my beautiful earrings yes, today from your store. I love them. Um, and you're wearing something yes, matching. I'm wearing the pin, you're, you're wearing the, the gorgeous pin. Collection. Yes, it's I'm beautiful. wearing a barrel because she right. bought those. Yeah, exactly. Don't you feel like so bad for him? Like um, so for people who are not familiar with the brand, can we talk a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So Alexis Batar started, the story began in 1982 when he was 13 years old and his parents gave him a collection of antique pieces, like a box of tangled jewelry. And he decided that he wanted to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a, a really um, 
curious kid and decided he was going to take those pieces, untangle them, make new things out of them, and sell them on St. Mark's Place in New York um, at 13. Wow. So he went through high school. I feel like my children have not done enough with their lives. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, feel myself. I didn't our, do that at 13. Our kids are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> right. So then he gets goes through high school when he's about 19. Um, through he decides that he's going to move from St. Mark's Place and start selling in Soho. Mm-hmm. And from that point, he starts making hand carved lucite, which is kind of the hallmark of our brand. Right. It's all hand carved, hand painted, and painted underneath. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that in his one-bedroom apartment, going on that street in Soho and selling it. And in 1992, he was discovered by Don Mello, who at that time was the fashion director for Bergdorf Goodman. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever. Because at, at that time, I don't know if you guys remember, jewelry was very minimal. It wasn't about being bold and making Well, in the statements. 90s, absolutely. Yeah. You know, in the 80s, there was a lot of big clunky stuff. Yeah. And then the 90s, everybody was like broke, so they just like <laughs> right. got it right. It was like grunge. <laughs> right. They were like, like, no jewelry. Right, no jewelry. The simplest thing ever. And when she saw that, it was so bold and colorful and made so many statements. She's like, this is what we need in Bergdorf. So mm-hmm. that was the beginning of his career um, in Bergdorf, Goodman, and then Fast forwarding to 2004, he opened his first store his in first Soho. Mm-hmm. And so how many brick and mortars are there now, like across the country? So we, now we have 10. Okay. So we have four in New York, three in California, Boston, Chicago, and D.C. I think it's so interesting because people keep talking about the death of retail, but yet you guys mm-hmm. are opening more and you carry a very... Well, you actually don't carry a specific look because the jewelry has expanded. It's no longer yes. just Lucite, yes. right? So like, let's talk about... You know what? Why don't we take a break first? And then we'll talk about the pieces you brought in today and some of the fabulous things we can do for the holidays. Is that cool, Brian? Can we take a break? Excellent. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's getting merry in the studio. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I want to say that Joshua Trusty from Carolina Herrera couldn't stand the fact that Felix had the mic, so he put Nikki in one of... uh, the designer's dresses, and it looks great. it's beautiful. um, Our kids are going to... Not go to college. Not go to college. How <laughs> the hell with them? They're a bunch of idiots. Anyways. But before right. we get back uh, to uh, Jules' talk, we're going to pop another Jewel. Absolutely. Okay. What, what are we drinking? Today. There we go. Next bottle up is Vovclico Yellow Label. Nice. So Vov has such a big name. You know, whenever people see it on the menu, they just order it because they know it. But what do you think about the wine? Oh, I love the wine. Okay. This is honestly one of the Biggest and best food pairing wines. It mm-hmm. is uh, very Pinot driven. Okay. So, what's not to love? When we got to Tortola, that was the first thing we did. We yes, it's true. I know. Food. I mean, I hear you. Yeah. But, but it just—it's just such a recognizable brand, right? Absolutely. That this doesn't make it bad. Madame Clicquot and uh, was probably, uh, in my, to my knowledge, the first international businesswoman of the modern era. She uh, built her house up from almost the ashes and ended up creating and inventing three things that we still use today in champagne making. This Uh is, she was doing this back in the early 1800s. So she invented the modern method for uh, making rosé, clear champagne, and vintage champagne. Which ashes? Napoleon's ashes? Who's it, was, it was not. It was not an easy time for business back in back in the day. Her well, husband died when women. she was. Yep. Her husband died when she was 27 years old. Left her with a small child, and she ended up taking over the family business and turning it from textile and banking into champagne. She really, really. Uh, there's a book 
called The Widow Clicquot, which is a very, very entertaining read about her life story. Oh. She, she's truly inspiring. It's cool. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Her, yeah, her one. life story is amazing. Excellent. All right. All right well, while you're pouring that, everybody, if you didn't finish the other one, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, then drink please uh, either drink up or dump, and let's try the We next have a line one. of Ubers out front. Don't worry about it. So, okay, Felix, so, let's get back to you and so talk Felix, about... for the holidays, what is the shop sort of putting out there? So, we actually have a new collection that we just debuted a little while ago mm-hmm. called Asteria Nova. Okay. So, it's based on inspiration from the 50s and 60s space exploration, the whole Sputnik idea. Mm-hmm. And we use that because we still have that desire to discover space exploration. Right. So this is kind of our take on that Sputnik idea. So we is have, it like moon rocky? Like what are we thinking? So the Sputniks are, they were the the satellites that they used to explore. So this mm-hmm. is a take on it. So it has that dome shape. It has a different crystals, navette-shaped crystals. We use a pink zirconia. I feel like I can't see it all the way over there, and you should send that my way so Please I don't. can get a closer don't. look stop, at it. Stop that, man. Don't you think? Oh, look. How but this was the first Russian satellite. I just want to say, yeah. in a second, I will be wearing almost everything that's available at <laughs> City Do these windows City. open? I'm leaving. Some of it is mine. Not all of it. This so is that's stunning. our Sputnik cocktail ring. Mm-hmm. We also have a Sputnik statement necklace as well to go with it. Actually, it would look mm-hmm. great with that dress you're wearing. Of course it would. God yeah. in heaven. Okay, you can stop complaining now. Um, but So you are also really known for your Lucite pieces, yes. obviously, because it's the original. Um, what are some of the things that you're showing this year, uh, this season for the holidays and like just for winter and fall as, as accompanying pieces? Yeah, so that's a great question. So... As that you said, Lucite is something that we do for every collection. It's the hallmark mm-hmm. of our brand. Right. And we introduce colors for each season. So for this new winter collection, chocolate is the color, mm-hmm. along with Pacific blue. Beautiful. This really deep blue here. Mm-hmm. And then a wisteria purple. So Which those is are what three I'm colors. And also a um, ivory as well to complement the chocolate. Excellent. So this Beautiful. is our, our Nevet crystal chocolate Lucite. Bangle, which mm-hmm. is definitely a statement. Talk about some of the price points too, so that people have so an idea. This bangle is three ninety five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's chocolate. As I mentioned before, it's all hand carved, hand painted, backed in enamel. Um, these crystals are set by us, and we have as well a cool bangle set. Most of our bangles are uh, solo, but we did a set this season. So you get a lucite, and that Pacific blue also comes in black. Mm-hmm. And it comes along with a crumpled gold bangle as well. That, so you can start the your own The gold set. bangle yeah. is fabulous, and I love it with the Lucite. Yeah, and you can wear it solo or wear them together, stack them up with other bracelets. And that's only two twenty five for both mm-hmm. of those. For both? Yeah, for both. My God, you're like saving money at this point. <laughs> that's fabulous. Yeah, this is, this is an amazing gift. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're really looking for something different, to give to, like, especially the woman who you think has everything. Mm-hmm. This is something that they will wear over and over and over again. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. really it, beautiful. And speaking of gifts, I did pick a couple pieces that are my favorites for gift giving okay, for well, the let's holidays. Hear it. 
So this is what we call our crystal lace orbiting cuff. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect because it's very simple. It's chic. It can be stacked, but it can be worn alone. So it's for that woman that may not want to make a big statement every day, mm-hmm. but she wants to be a part of this I mean, Alexis I don't know who Picard that woman family. is, but go ahead. <laughs> right. But feel free to try it. Okay. And that's only at 175 So mm-hmm. it comes in yellow gold tone, rose gold tone, ruthenium tone, and also in silver tone. So it comes in a, a wide variety of metal tones, and it has that cool movement, too. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. And my other favorite is, mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing them too. So it's the golden studded encrusted studs. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. has a really cool shape, has multiple stones, and then this cool kind of spiky look. And that's cool. great too. It's only 125 So you have a lot of um, items that are reasonable. I'm going to yeah. say, for Absolutely. a guy who is cheap as advertised, this, the prices <laughs> on these are great. That that bracelet, the, the chocolate bracelet with the gold is stunning. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. Beautiful. And then speaking of prices, I actually picked a few of my favorites that are under 100 We actually have those. Okay. So this is one of the great things. It's our pyramid pendant. It's, it's really cute. It goes Very with nice. everything. You can wear it every day. Everybody in studio is like, yeah, wait, I like, can't wait, see. I want that. Hold and it's only 95 okay. And this comes in the yellow gold, the silver, and also gunmetal and those three uh, tones. Okay. So well, that's a great one. So there's lots of options. Please tell everybody where they can find you so we can get to Carolina Herrera next. So you guys can find me. I'm on Palmer Alley, mm-hmm. um, 984 Palmer Alley. And check us out. We also have great events. And quickly, speaking of the tree lighting, we're doing a $1,000 gift card raffle. Okay. If you come during the tree lighting on the 30th from 6 to 9. Excellent. Thank you, Felix. All right, don't forget my yeah. face, Felix. Joshua, come me. on up to the mic, please. Hi, guys. Hi, Joshua right. Trustee, store director. Can we talk director. a little bit about, actually, I... I, I can you I, introduce him? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Joshua Trusty, right? Mm-hmm. Joshua Trusty, yeah. Store, store director. Carolina, store Herrera. director with Carolina Herrera. Exactly. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be with the first store that introduced Carolina Herrera here in the D.C. area. Oh, wow. And so you got to meet I her. I got to meet her, That's which amazing. was awesome. Yeah. But we'll talk a little bit about her background and, and how all this happened. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Catalina Herrera, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, she is a Venezuelan-born designer, but the fashion house, the line is a New York brand fashion line. So when Fashion Week goes off um, in New York City, we are one of the top designers that showcases. Um, but she got her she got her start essentially. She was, um, you know, for some of you guys who don't know, she was Andy Warhol's muse. She mm-hmm. she was, you know, the the it girl of the moment. I mean, she was she's going still pretty in, much an it girl. Is. She, I mean, she's one of the most icon. glamorous she people. She is an icon. Period. Mm-hmm. And no and no one can attest to that. And so. You know, she was she was Andy Warhol's muse. Uh, she was known for just this uh, amazing style. And in 1980, she started her she started her first fashion line. 1980, and she started um, showcased at the Metropolitan Room in New York City. Um, and ever since then, I mean, she's dressed essentially all of the first ladies. Um, you you have uh, Obama, Michelle Obama. You have. Um, uh, Jacqueline Kennedy, all of them. She dressed princesses. But she had a very specific. I mean, obviously, her look has has evolved to stay current, but exactly. there is something about a lot of the lines, timeless, right? That are really timeless. Whether it's the way the gowns are cut uh, mm-hmm. or the fabrics that she uses, exactly. So, well, I mean, uh, the the thing about Catalina Herrera is that it's her pieces are timeless mm-hmm. and and they're classic. So she's not necessarily. I wouldn't consider uh, the line to be uh, trendy mm-hmm. because no, but they're sexy. It's exactly. like sophisticated. Classic, yes. sexy trend. Yes, exactly. Well, I've heard people talk yeah. about event investment pieces. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, this this is 
very first world that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. This is not open to everybody, but Carolina Herrera has those pieces that when you purchase one, it's forever. Yeah, they're investment pieces. Right, you're you're going to be able to wear them. I I mean, like I mentioned to you, I have a piece from the 80s that I still... You can still wear. wear it's still relevant, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you still feel just as beautiful as you did the moment yeah. that you put it it's on. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. Exactly. So, so CH Catalina Herrera is the lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. So, so the Catalina Herrera is, is the main fashion line. I mean, those are the pieces where you have the wedding dresses. These are the pieces that the first ladies wear. CH is the lifestyle brand. So, it's for that same woman who you know needs pieces to to go to work, needs pieces maybe for a wedding or for a gala. DC is huge with galas here, mm-hmm. so we have a bunch of and those we are pe- in galas. Right now. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, so yeah, we have a bunch of those pieces here at the store, and that's what this brand is. But you brought in a bunch of really interesting... First of all, I'm wearing something absolutely glorious right now. <laughs> Tell me what I'm wearing. So you are wearing her her evening gown piece. It is a yellow lace dress with the taffeta bow. And taffeta is iconic in, in her line. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the taffeta bow can be changed out. You can and wear it. so back in, by the way. So it's it like is, 80s it is. style is in right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a wraparound dress. It's beautiful lace. Um, uh, this is going to be our evening wear dress. I think it's also really perfect for like wedding season, especially if you're going to wedding season outside. I think it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You don't want to upstage the bride. However, you do want to stand out. I have no problem upstaging. Okay, <laughs> you probably will in that. Um, Our just... son just got married in May. You should have seen that out. <laughs> I won. Um, so let's just talk about some of the other things that you brought in today. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to pick out some pieces that I think are really great for gift giving. And this is a shout out to the guys. So please pay attention. Mm-hmm. I think for the gentleman who is buying, uh, you know, looking in search for the perfect gift for hit, hit the woman uh, just do a little bit or of research or girlfriend you guys just do a little bit of research you know mm-hmm. go in her nice. closet find out what sizes her dress is um, mm-hmm. um you know i think really easy gifts you can all you cannot go wrong with jewelry with accessories purses and shoes mm-hmm. those are always really really easy come in with a few pictures of her and let us kind of like go to the associate and be honest look this is a, i'm buying it for a christmas gift or holiday season this is a few pictures these are her sizes what do you think and trust us we will pick the perfect gift um, so, so I don't think a lot of people know about the purse line. No, they don't. So uh, so yeah, we have a lot of accessories. Uh, her purses are all handmade in Spain. Beautiful Spanish leather. Uh, this one, um, uh, this one right here is our new collection called the Doma. I love it. Yep, really, really beautiful. You have the the lockable open here. Uh, with the suede inside, again, all of the leathers are all Spanish leather. It's all handmade and beautiful. And again, um, her her first collection was shown at the New York Metropolitan Room. So I actually mm-hmm. also bought one of my favorite clutches. It's beautiful. This is the Metropolitan Clutch. It Stunning. is all handmade, Swarovski crystals. Opens up like a jewelry box, and then her initials as well kind of it builds like the a, stand. It looks like. A jewel. And in the price point is? I will tell you later. Okay, the price point. But, but what about the handbag um, there? Yeah, so the price point, honestly, for the bags are not expensive at all. I believe this one's fourteen sixty five mm-hmm. for the Doma bag. And the Metropolitan with all the Swarovski crystals is 1600 Okay. And again, if you know Catalina Herrera and her price points, the CH brand actually is not that bad. Compared, um, yes. com- And comparatively, exactly. Absolutely. And again, these are, like you said, of timeless pieces. Quickly, let's just talk about uh, the jewelry that you brought in. Yes. 
so the jewelry that I brought in, we have, um, again, like I said, for gift giving, you guys, I think sets are really easy way to go, especially jewelry. So if you're going to get her a ring, ask her if it comes with any matching sets or pairs. A lot of the accessories that we have, they are costume jewelry. You know, they're all beautiful and handmade. You have the ring, get her the bracelet, get her the earring, and you are set, especially right. for gift giving. Beautiful. Great awesome. ideas. Um, is there one more thing you have there before oh, we take a commercial break? All right, let's do that. The shoes. The shoes. So I feel we... like that shoe would be kind of cool with this. Well, this is why I picked that. I okay. picked everything. By the way, I'm so sorry, David. Everything is in her size. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your last time on this show. So. But I have Milk another show. You can come perfect, on that show anytime. Perfect. So these, I mean, again, she has her beautiful heels in the shoes, and they're all made to match the the um, the ready-to-wear pieces and her colors, her vibrant colors. Super vibrant. You know, it is very difficult to find shoes that match and go with with uh, with the ready-to-wear pieces. Mm-hmm. So you know, definitely pick up the shoes. Ask the associate. Let them know. I'm picking up this dress. What do you think can go? Well, it, right. it gives me great pleasure to stop. Joshua, right there. Uh, we're going to have to take a commercial break, but uh, again, I want to remind everybody, there's so much happening at City Center DC on a regular basis, but now with the holidays right, we coming we just brought up. in a little sample. Yeah. Beautiful sample. Go on so down. thank you so much. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I do want to thank our sponsors, the folks that make this show possible. Uh, our friends at ProFish, the best sustainable seafood anywhere in the world. Very true. Uh, Meat Crafters, uh, Central Farm Markets, and some great restaurants, including Mirabelle and the about-to-open Brasserie Liberté in um, Georgetown, right yeah, next door to Cafe Milano. In one week, the this place Morton is going to be... Yeah, it's really going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sponsoring the show. So now... Well, now gonna... I just want to say I'm in my next... Version of Carolina Herrera. See it? I feel like I'm like, um, missing moments here to take lots of pictures. Mm-hmm. Next time I'm getting my makeup done before you come in and my hair blown out <laughs> so that I can take lots of photos. Yeah, next time <laughs> I won't be here. So. <laughs> All right. So, DC Brow and Think Local First DC are partnering for the seventh annual DC Brow Holiday Market on Small Business Saturday, which is coming up November 30th. Uh, DC Brow's Mari Rodell is in and Mel Afzal is in. She's the co founder of. Krampusnacht, D.C., and why don't we we'll, we talk about the market in a second. Let's get past Krampus and Krampusnacht. Let, tell us what a little about it? Krampus. So Krampus is a uh, Central European folklore, mm-hmm. uh, Swiss Alps, Germanic-based roots. Uh, Krampus is St. Nicholas's sidekick, where uh, December... Legit? F- like a legit, legit sidekick? Legitimate okay. sidekick. December 5th, um, every year... Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, and Krampus go out into the community, and St. Nicholas rewards the good kids, while Krampus takes away the bad kids to the lair. So they go into people's homes whoa, whoa, whoa. and oh my God. Take, surprise What's them. and What and is he it's doing? Well celebrated. What are we doing here? It's very well celebrated. Uh, Does he eat them? What's he do with them? We don't know. We, I can't tell That's you all why that. But you don't bad, be bad. Don't be bad. Be good. So St. Nicholas rewards you. It is a very much big celebrated uh, event in Central Europe. Mm-hmm. What we decided to do about eight years ago, a bunch of us nerds who really love folklore and costuming got together and said, why don't we bring this here to D.C. Okay. Um, on 8th Street Northeast. And that's how we originated in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year later, we uh, paired up with Santa's Cause D.C., 
and they provide uh, foster kids gifts throughout the year. Mm. And so we collaborated with them as a fundraiser. I love that. Um, and this is the soft side of Krampus. This is the soft side of Krampus. <laughs> so we uh, have grown in our eight years to mm-hmm. where DC Brow is one of our major contributors and sponsors Very of generous. Uh, Krampus Not DC. So every year we're on H Street with a family-friendly event. We do encourage people to bring their children. Mm-hmm. They're good and bad children. Right. Um, I feel like so, we should bring our puppy. She's and, bad. <laughs> so we so we have a huge community <laughs> event every year, December seventh, on Eighth uh, Street Northeast, where all of our funds go to our benefactor, which is the National Center for Family and Children, um, and we do fundraising for foster kids. For um, the market, we'll be there on. Uh, Having uh, we'll be there with Krampus, uh, Krampus Lounge, a naughty nice meter. We'll have a Krampus Lounge. Krampus Lounge. How, well, how so does you get the to naughty nice with... meter work? So we'll have an actual. It's technology. So <laughs> we'll we'll be there with our meter. People can go up um, and decide, put their hand on it, and it decides if you're naughty or nice. And depending on what the answer is, depending on what you get to who you get to visit with in the lounge. Oh um, my God, I love so that. Let's transition over to Mari because I don't want to run out of time before sure. we talk about the market and. DC Brow's role there. So hit it. Yeah, so we're actually hosting our seventh annual. It's been seven years. I think you guys came on the first year that you were doing it, right? Yeah. We've been hosting it with Think Local First DC. And this is the first year we're actually partnering also with our new um, Main Street on Blainsburg Road. So that's really exciting for us. Okay, what is that? Uh, It's a Main Street program um, in it's throughout the country and it basically Mm Um, takes federal and local funds to support businesses on main streets. And D.C. has about 20 of them at this point. That's amazing. Yeah. So what's going to be happening at, at this market, market this sure. year? Sure. So the market, um, every year we bring more and more vendors. This year, we ha- I think we have like 45 vendors, all local handcrafted items. Um, like what, for example? So we have Ballywick who makes um, hats and really cool T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Marcella Crabell, who does beautiful um artwork and cookbooks. She focuses on Latin American cooking, and I have her cookbook here. Oh, fabulous. Um, We've got jewelry vendors, and we've got a variety of styles this year. We've um, really kind of opened it up, and we have, um, I have something here from um, Kicheco, who does some beautiful artwork, Mm -hmm. um, and she kind of, like, works it into her her jewelry. It's gorgeous. Um, We also have some food vendors. So we have a a pickled heads. Um, It's the first year that we've had them. And uh, they make some really interesting pickles. We've mm-hmm. also got jerk face, um, jerky, and there's jerk face, jerk face. They're local. They okay. do really delicious flavors. Uh, we've got a lot of great vendors this year. So how is it set up when people get there? Sure. So people just enter in through um, the tasting room and it kind of opens up into this market. There's um, music. Mm-hmm. We have a band playing. We also have um, a DJ. So it's a very festive environment. You just It's a free event to the family. Um, so you can bring everyone. It's family friendly. That's no nice. dogs, though, no because dogs. it gets so crowded. No, it's no, no, no. It's a little smart. stressful. You can't. Yeah, right. but it's very family friendly. Lots of great, um, you know, like the Krampus Noct is really fun for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it feels like the Krampus Noct is really <laughs> fun for the adults, but I hear the you. Kids yeah, the like kids like it, actually. Like it. Yeah, that's pretty okay. Let's make sure everybody knows exactly where it is. Yeah, it's at D.C. Brow. We host it um, basically Address. every small... Yeah, you need to tell people where okay, D.C. Brow so is. Okay, so we're located at 3178B, which means the back of the building, uh-huh. Blainsburg Road Northeast. Um, we're in D.C. We're um, off of Blainsburg. So. so obviously people can come and drink yes. beer. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Your beer. Yeah. So like what did, did you guys always make special beers? We so do. what did you make this we year? We do. So this is actually not the beer that we're going to have this year. Oh, okay. Any beer this is, is good beer. this is last year's version. So we're doing a wake up in the future new version. I it's not out yet, so I brought okay. some to share. That's okay. But we have wake up in the future. We've also got a very um special draft that we're making just for the Krampusnacht. Mm-hmm. Um it's a wassail. It's a small batch Christmas spiced ale mm-hmm. that we're going to have available just for the holiday market. Um, and then we got some surprises that are going to pop up also. So you can't tell us about the surprises? Nope. No. Right. Oh, my God. You know you're going to have to go and find out. Let's yeah. wrap up with, uh, again, it's on November 30th. November right? 30th from 1 to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. At DC so Brow. what I think you should do is you should go to DC Brow, go for their market, get your holiday shopping started, and then head over to City Center DC for the Christmas tree lighting that evening. And then you can check out some other possible thank guests. You. All right. Well, thank you guys both you. for coming in. Where can people buy tickets quickly? Mari. Oh, uh, it, there's no tickets. You can get um, tickets online at DC Brow, our website. Okay, um, but it's free. But it's free. So, so you can just come, just come cool. on down. Okay, great. Yeah. All right, last one. Chris, we got one Chris, minute. Chris, let's do it. One minute. Moet Chandon. 2012 Rosé Champagne. Oh, my God, my favorite. So a lot of people don't think of champagne as coming in vintages. Vintages with global global warming and climate change happening, there are a lot more vintages that are being declared. Mm -hmm. Champagne has a climate that is uh, 200-plus days of rain. It is really cold, wet, and ugly in terms of the weather. So the grapes... Have historically struggled struggled to ripen, so vintages were kind of few and far between. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you're looking at a lot of vintages. I think, and from 2000 and, 2009, there were seven it, declared, eight declared vintages. So, like with this vintage, for example, is this something that you would cellar? Is there a reason to cellar a vintage champagne, or are you just supposed to drink it when you drink it? How does it work? Both ways. Both if, ways. You know, if you want to cellar a champagne and there's two different styles. There's a younger, fresher style, which is when the champagne is first released. It's, mm-hmm. it's ready to go. You know, Part mm-hmm. of the reason the champagne is uh, a little bit more expensive than a lot of other things, that we keep the wine in the cellars for multiple years. This has been in the cellars for, this is a 2012 vintage. This right. just came out. So this has been in the cellars for seven years. I feel like you all should be drinking it before it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I leave the rest so of the bottle. where can people find your products? Like, where can we find you? Where can we find your products before we wrap you up? Know, all these products, Moet. Uh, Vov Clicquot, those are the two best-selling champagne brands in the world. Mm-hmm. So those are in pretty much every any wine store. Uh, Ruinart as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, you mentioned Centralina's. Uh, Ruinart Blanc de Blanc is by the glass there. So if you'd like to come in and try it, uh, I do recommend the food. I have no problem well. going back two days later. Excellent. All right, great. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining Thanks us for today. Thank you. All right, so everything you heard about on the show today, you can find more information and complete information on the com, Nikki's website. Follow Nikki on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. How about letting me jump in here? Why don't I let okay. you jump in? So, um, everything you heard today can be found on the list, com. So can every food and wine event happening in the D.C. metro area. Of course, every Monday you can hear me live on fullserviceradio.org for my other show called Industry Night. Tomorrow I'm going to be talking to Greg Angert. They, uh, Greg, as you know, is a big, huge beer psalm, but he is getting into 
um, food halls. So we're going to find out all about Neighborhood Restaurant Group and their food hall. And then next week, we have uh, Jeff and Jill Erber coming in. Cheese Teak. Cheese just, Teak. They opened up a new property. It is glorious and ooey and gooey and delicious. And you're going to find out all about it. We want to thank all of our guests in studio today. They brought in such beautiful wares. Your holiday shopping is going to be super easy. And you can have a delicious week.